sometimes you need to hit the pause button as a clinician um, and a researcher and say, hang on, this is what my underlying assumption is. We want to be evidence-based practitioners, but in fact, this is just how we should practice. Ethics is every part of every clinical decision that we make. And what it is that we do is we make lives better. Welcome to Speak Up, the Speech Pathology Australia podcast. This podcast series highlights conversations with esteemed contributors in the speech pathology space. We explore key issues in the profession in a short and easy to listen to format. Let's hear what this week's contributors have to say. Hello, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands, seas and waters throughout Australia and pay our respects to elders past, present and future. We recognise that the health and social and emotional well-being of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples are grounded in continued connection to culture, country, language and community. I'm Trish Johnson, I'm the Manager of Ethics and Professional Issues and with me today is Nadia Marzinski who's our Ethics Advisor at National Office. Hi Nadia. Hey Trish. We want to welcome everybody back to Speak Up podcast and today's topic is the ethics of giving and receiving gifts. Today we're speaking with Belinda Hill who is an owner of a private practice in New South Wales and also a reserve member on the Ethics Board and also with Dr Jennifer Arnold-Levy, who is a personal and executive coach, who listeners may remember from her earlier Speak Up podcast, Difficult Conversations in the Workplace. Before we go to our guests, Nadia and I are just going to have a quick chat about why accepting a gift is an ethical issue. Nadia, there are specific areas within the 2020 Code of Ethics that reference this this issue. Can you just remind us of what they are? Yeah, thanks Trish. The the most obvious one is um, 2.3, Conflict of Interest, which states we do not directly or indirectly demand, solicit or accept rewards, bribes, substantial gifts, gratuities, testimonials or benefits in respect to our work with the exception of appropriate fees for our work. So there are other parts as well that are really relevant here um, in terms of professionalism and boundaries. This is particularly important if you happen to be working long term with a client or with their family um, and if you're working regularly with them as well. And I think it's doubly tricky when you're working in a home setting because it becomes very difficult to maintain those very firm professional boundaries that you need to have. And, and accepting a gift in this setting would, would really blur that line and would really move that boundary from being a professional to closer to being a friend. Um, additionally, if you were to give a gift in that setting, that, that potentially would really move you over that line and to the other party thinking that you are friends now rather than keeping that professionalism there, which, which is important, particularly in that setting to maintain. Sure. And also one of the things that we really want to guard against as, as health professionals is putting our clients in a situation where they feel awkward or where that professional boundary feels a bit grey, feels a bit blurred and potentially gifts is one of those topics that can do that. So it's really important to think about how you're going to manage this before it becomes a problem if you can. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that, that could potentially come up here is that by giving a gift, that client might think that um, you're in the future going to treat them more kindly or that you're going to give them preferential treatment. Um, another client might see you accept a gift and think that that's the norm and think that they have to race out and do that. And particularly particularly in 2020, that's something that we need to be conscientious for because that has been a, a very tricky year financially for a lot of people. But 
generally towards the end of the year, it, it can be difficult for people to be budgeting unexpected gifts into their um, into their weekly budget and thinking about those sorts of things. So having a, a fairly firm no gifts policy or only like a box of chocolates would be the thing that you'd accept. That really does help um, help really firm up those lines and keep everyone understanding what it is that your expectation and, and your relationship is. Sure. So what we might do is we might hear from our guests because they've got some really good tips and ideas about how people can manage this proactively and work to make sure that everybody is supported to understand what's appropriate in terms of gift giving, but also the practicalities of, well, how do you actually do this? So let's hear from Jennifer Arnold-Levy. So thanks for joining us today, Jennifer, talking about gifts and speech pathology, how to accept or politely decline. Um, We're wanting to talk today about how to avoid being in the situation where the client is handing you a gift. So what are your comments on that? Uh, Thanks, Trish. Um, So I think the, um, as, as, in last year's podcast, I think you referred to this. Um, I think the uh, most effective way to avoid being in this position is to make it really clear in the first place um, what uh, is your policy around this mm-hmm. So in the workplace. So, you know, whether, whether you work in a large institution or whether you're a solopreneur, you know, a solo business owner, a solo private practitioner, the same sorts of um, principles apply. So if, um, if, if you put in place a policy which um, outlines clearly, um, you know, uh, who this relates to, so, you know, it, it, ideally, you know, everyone. So, the, you know, you're not discriminating against anyone, but it relates to, you know, clients or all sorts of consumers, um, but also your vendors, colleagues, employees within the organisation. It applies to everyone um, and everyone is being impacted in the same way and is abiding by the same rules. So it's a little bit like creating your own culture um, and norms around gift giving um, within your organisation. And if you've got that in place where you're specifying who's involved, the sorts of gifts that um, are, are able to be received, um, uh, which ones you can't. I mean, you, you, ideally, it's a really good idea probably to just make it sort of a no gift policy, really, yeah. across the board. I mean, that it just makes it clearer for everyone. Um, uh, you know, thank you notes, written notes, um, you know, are, are okay. But generally speaking, if, if you look at these sorts of policies, um, it's easier you just go, look, no gifts. But, you know, things like, you know, flat, you know if gifts are given, things like um, flowers or chocolates or anything, you know, those sorts of things, that it's made very clear that they're, they're it's no not one person receives it, but then it's displayed, you know, it, it's um, so that all employees and everyone can enjoy it. Um, so whether, you know, you, you display it in the, the, the waiting room or whatever it is and you make the chocolates available to everyone, I guess you just have to be careful. There's dietary and lactose intolerance issues and all that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, um, and so you, you make it very clear um, around that. Um, and so um, when you've got those sorts of policies in place, it, it, I guess the other element of that, though, too, is also communicating that to, yeah. um, to everyone. So communicating it 
to obviously clients, but also to employees and everyone who works there as well, um, and to your vendors and what have you, um, so that um, everyone's really clear. So communicating that, whether it's you know your, your website, or you might have notices up even in the waiting room. You know when you go to the restaurants, um, mm. you know the tip jar, you know, they sort of, or, or they might have something written around tip giving or you go to hotels. Um, I remember when I was in Bali at one point, you know, the hotel I stayed at, um, you know, in the information sheet, it had some information there about, you know, if you would like to give a gift, you know, this is how, you know, could you please do it in this way um, and, and let people know that it's distributed, you know, to all staff or whatever the protocol is. Sure. So in terms of um, we're releasing this podcast, obviously, uh, early in December and it's just before the Christmas period, but we're also mindful that this issue is not just about Christmas. We're also aware it's about other cultural groups and other celebrations, other religious ceremonies or um, holidays that might come up for other uh, cultural groups that we might be working with. Is it too late, though, for Christmas this year or is this something that we can actually do now? A really good question, uh, Trish. Um, There's no reason... I don't think it's never too late, is it? <laughs> um, so, um, by all means, I, I it, obviously start thinking about it now. That would probably be the advice. But yeah, to be proactive about it, and perhaps um, communicating to um, you know relevant people, whoever they may be, and just letting them know. Look, you know, you recognise that this is a time of giving thanks, and you know, you you want to encourage that, don't you? You want to encourage expressions of gratitude. Um, but and, and then just being able to let people know, you know, that, you know, if you have a policy in place or, you know, this is the way, you know, that we can accept gifts, etc. And advising people and guiding people around how to actually express their thanks. So if you'd like to express thanks, um, you know, your gratitude or whatever, you know, please and then tell them what, you know, uh, what would what would work and yeah. what you would welcome. Um, yeah, I guess the um, the next part of all of that is that you've done all of this beautiful proactive work. You've let everyone know what your policy is, and then someone turns up with a big gift anyway. <laughs> it happens, unfortunately. Sometimes it does happen. Um, how do you maintain that clinical relationship? How do you have that difficult conversation when someone's standing there in front of you with something that, that would be inappropriate for you to accept? Um, look, the rule of thumb with that um, is, I guess, first up, um, for yourself, um, prepare now thinking about this so that you're very, very clear about why you need to say no, um, and so that you're clear in yourself um, around why it's important to say no, because one of the biggest issues in in this whole, you know, what, what makes this sort of conversation difficult is often, you know, it's around our own discomfort saying no. And the fact that, you know, we don't want to embarrass the other person. We, 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 we want them to feel okay when we say, you know, that unfortunately we can't accept the gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in saying that, um, Part of, you know, a big part of this is being very, very clear in yourself why you're saying no, why it's important, um, and 
you know, what you can say no to, what you can't. So, so there's no hesitation because that's the other thing. It's really important not to hesitate. Um, and also, I, part of it is also accepting you are going to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, it's part and parcel. And if you, because you've got to allow that to happen, just let it be and just, you know, acknowledge that for yourself. Um, and when you're clear about those sorts of things and you can sit with that, then the way you deliver the message, the nonverbal communication is going to carry you through. Um, so because your heartfelt sincerity, your regret in saying no and not being able to accept the gift um, is going to show through. So I think that's the first aspect. Um, as we know, you know, 93% of emotional you know, information is conveyed non-verbally, right? So, you know, we can deliver bad news, but the way we deliver it is the, is the critical part. And I think the other side of it is, you know, how do we deliver it? So um, it, keep it simple, you know, it, it's just don't complicate it. It's just, you know, say thank you, I really appreciate, you know, express your appreciation for the kindness, the care, the effort, the time that they've put into that. Um, reassert, you know, I think the value that um, that you're you're really, um, you know, grateful that you've been able to contribute to them, um, and that you know you've been able to. Um, uh, make things better for them. That's what you're there for, and etc. Uh, and then just say, look, unfortunately, you know, I'm not able to accept the gift. You know, our policy. You know, if you've and if you've got a policy in place, that's where it comes into its own. That's why you need that. Like even in the workplace, you're delivering bad news. You know, for employee performance, or whatever. When you've got a policy, it's like, yeah, I'm really sorry. It's not personal. Then it's not personal. Yeah. It's like, no, unfortunately, you know, organisational policy doesn't allow us to do that. But thank you so much. And it must be so much easier as well when you have done that work beforehand that you can then kind of go back to, we've had this conversation, I'm really sorry, thank you so much. But as you can see from our policy, that's not something that we're able to do right now. Exactly, yeah. Um, And keep it simple and you don't have to do anything more than that. Um, That's such great advice. Yes, keep it prepare and keep it simple. I think they're probably two really key messages that we can take from um, what you've contributed today. Thanks again, Jennifer. That was really useful for our members to hear that. Thanks, Jennifer. My pleasure. Mm. Jennifer has such some practical ideas about how to manage that situation, and Belinda Hill also came up with some really good ideas when we spoke with her. Let's hear from Belinda now. Thanks so much for joining us today, Belinda. So we wanted to have a chat to you um, as a business owner and as a speech pathologist, just about some of the approaches that you have taken um, with regards to how to avoid being in a situation where a client is about to hand you a substantial gift. I guess one thing um, is being aware of periods where clients will want to acknowledge therapists' efforts. So sometimes that's Christmas, Um, Sometimes it's when a therapist is leaving and for clients who may have worked with a therapist for a long period of time, it's not unusual, having also done that myself, to want to show some thanks to the person that's helped you. So I think it's knowing that those periods are going to occur and to have some kind of policy about how you manage that. 
um, so that it's not dealing with the situation when it arises because that can be a little bit difficult if you need to refuse a gift. So if you have open um, conversations with staff and have some kind of formal policy about how you can maintain your relationship with your client or if it's a supplier or a provider that you're working with and also adhering to the code of ethics, which uh, we acknowledge that we shouldn't receive gifts um, that may influence how we work with people. So I guess without preempting and telling people, you know, you're going to give us a gift, it's probably okay to perhaps use even social media to even to allude to, you know, we have a new code of ethics. What does that mean? How does that influence our practice? And perhaps in a polite way, talk about how, um, you know, what clients could do if they wanted to show appreciation. So rather than say, yes, I know you're going to give me a gift, it might be, you know, we know you like to, to thank us for the work that we do. We would love for the clients to draw us a picture, write a letter. If you would like to buy a gift, you could donate a, a, um, a book to a school library, plant a flower in the garden, you know, look at what are some ways that people could show appreciation that didn't compromise your relationship with the client. I guess another consideration is with some of the COVID challenges now, I was thinking about what clients often do. So things like making biscuits or giving a homemade gift, there might be some considerations that people need to communicate with clients kind of in that relationship um, if they're going to give you something that's a handmade gift or a food item if there are any issues with kind of regards to risks of COVID. Um, and I guess we're, if we're being clear about it's not that we don't appreciate your kind thoughts or your gifts, um, it's just that we are in the role that we have, it's not okay for us to receive expensive gifts. You're so right, Belinda. I think that the COVID lens is going to make things just that little bit more different and a little bit more difficult perhaps this year, because I think a lot more individuals might want to show their thanks for the support that has been provided over this difficult time for everyone. Mm. And I, given that people have had some financial challenges, the other issue is when clients are seeing other people giving gifts or expensive gifts, sometimes that can make other people feel a little bit uncomfortable because they don't have the capacity to do that. So while we appreciate people's kind gestures, we have to make sure that it's not then influencing our professional relationship with those clients and we're not feeling, okay, well, I better do a little bit extra because they've been very generous with their gift. And I think you raise a good point because if another client who observes a, a second client giving a gift, then they might become worried. Oh, I haven't given a gift, therefore am I getting second-class treatment? And while we as professionals say, no, no, of course not, you know, it doesn't actually affect us, if that's the perception that the client might have, you don't want to put your clients in that situation where they're having to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And not feeling that that's an expectation. Um, I, you know, I think with gift-giving, we see often we're kind of grouped in with educators so that you know what kids might give a class teacher um you know uh, perhaps their gp that we're kind of in the group of come christmas time in particular people want to show um their appreciation with with a, a lovely gift um and i guess 
you know, it's a little bit difficult because you want to show your appreciation, you want to respect that, you know, that person's been very kind, but you you don't want to set it up as an expectation that next Christmas or that, you know, the, the next event that occurs, that that's what they're expected to do. Sure. So as a business owner, how do you support your staff to have those conversations? Because I imagine some of them might feel a little bit uncomfortable talking about that with their clients. Yeah, and I don't think um, we've prepared, if you're a new graduate, I don't think we've really had those discussions about what do you do when you get in those situations. So I think a lot of the ethical discussions are around those formal things about client care, um, maintaining your professional standards. But I don't know that, um, you know, we've had a lot of explicit conversations and on reflecting this I probably haven't had a lot of those conversations with staff myself. Um, Depending on where people are working, certain areas, perhaps if clients have more of a capacity to to spend more money, they might be more likely to receive expensive gifts or in an area where people might not have that capacity, um, you might be, you know, you might receive a gift and the clinician might not think that it's expensive, so it's okay. So it's very difficult. It's not as if in our code of ethics we have a dollar value to say that under $10 is okay, more than $10, no. And depending on the client group you're working with, though, even if it's under $10, that could actually be a significant challenge to that family if they were to give you that gift. So I think it's important to have a policy that you discuss with your staff and in a time where we're making lots of policies and, you know, talking about formalising our processes in private practice, I think it, it would be helpful to have a policy that you share with staff that's available if it's appropriate to share with clients and perhaps having a gift register where client, uh, staff can record what they receive from clients um, so it's in an open and transparent way and the ma- the manager or the senior clinician can review those gifts and if there are gifts that are deemed to be um, perhaps significant, then it might be important for that manager to step in and have a discussion around whether those gifts are appropriate. So, you know, having that formal policy doesn't put the weight of responsibility solely on the staff member that receives that gift. Yeah, I think that's really important because it supports those conversations that we have to have with clients if, if it's not seen to be... I'm rejecting your gift, but it's really, look, this practice um, demonstrates our ethical decision-making by having a policy about this so that we're professional. Mm -hmm. And that we're not going to be um, influenced by receiving gifts. And it is awkward. um, And if you're an inexperienced staff member, people might feel a sense of obligation to give a little bit more. But really, we want to remove that... um, that I guess that um, lack of transparency and by having a register, it's clear what people are receiving and it also can help you have an open dialogue about, um, you know, issues around receiving gifts. So Belinda, you've done all of this beautiful preparation work. You've let everyone know about your gifts policy. What happens if there is a client that thinks, oh, no, I'm going to buy them something anyway and they're standing in front of you with what is clearly an expensive gift trying to give it to you? What are some strategies that you've got for, for our members in that instance? I guess I can reflect on a specific incident that occurred a couple of years ago where 
a client gave one of the staff and they were an early career speech pathologist. So they had not had probably had those discussions prior and it was a watch. It was an expensive watch and the client was insistent that the therapist take the gift. So I think the therapist felt a little bit awkward. She said, thank you. And when the client had gone, she came to me and said, look, I feel really uncomfortable because now I have this gift. I feel a little bit obliged. I feel awkward. It's kind of feels like it's um, that relationship is just not, um, it's not going to be the same now that I've accepted the gift. So I guess then my role as a, as the manager is to look at how can I look at this situation, not make it awkward for that clinician when the client comes back in the next week, what would be a polite way to return that gift? And in this situation, it was, I guess there was a cultural difference and it was, you know, the client had some wonderful intentions and really wanted to prove they were so appreciative for the help that the, that the clinician had given them. So I, I didn't want to wait uh, for the next week to have a face-to-face, which I thought might be a bit awkward. So that day I phoned the client and I had a discussion around our ethical responsibilities and that we cannot accept um, gifts that are deemed to be significant or might influence the relationship. And it, it took some convincing there was a point where the um, the client wanted to give the gift to me, and I then had to I then had to talk about how you know that could also influence their you know how they are um, how they work within the clinic, and that for the same reasons that she couldn't accept the gift, I also couldn't accept the gift. So I returned it to the client face to face when they came in, and actually it was okay. I think they understood why the gift couldn't be received and it wasn't because we we were ungrateful or we you know we hadn't um you know we hadn't taken their um their good thoughts on board it was just that it wasn't appropriate and we didn't want it to influence the relationship so i think if we always manage that in a respectful way and in this case um i guess i didn't have a policy around accepting gifts so it left that staff member without something to refer to. Um, but I think, you know, we, um, if we make things transparent and we explain why and we be a little bit proactive, then we're not kind of reacting to a situation that can be awkward and can and make that relationship um, a little bit difficult, um, you know, moving forward. That's great. Thank you so much, Belinda. Do you have any other last minute hints or tips for our members? Uh, perhaps if um, staff have a simple script that they could respond if they receive a gift that they feel might not be um, in keeping with um, a, a good a kind of relating to the code of ethics, I think that makes it a little bit easier than um, having to have awkward conversations. Absolutely. Having that preparedness beforehand just makes it a little bit more natural and um, and second nature without having to think of something on the fly. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today, Belinda. So in summary, thinking about what we've heard from both of our guests today, please consider sharing your gift policy regularly and sharing it in advance towards the end of the year when so many cross-cultural celebrations can happen and they might all potentially be 
ending up in you having a gift that you have to negotiate. So things like Christmas, Hanukkah, Diwali, Eid, even Chinese New Year, or even just celebrating the end of the school year or the end of the year. It could be a time where gift giving might occur. Plan what you're going to say in advance so you don't have to think of it on the fly and that you aren't speaking off the cuff and keep it simple. That was the biggest message that our guests had today. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this week's conversation. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your colleagues. Thank you for listening and bye for now.